Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Iranian Market Minute. Today is Thursday, August 4th, and this is episode number 165. My name is Justin Hewn. I'm your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter. The only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investments in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Good to be back with you guys again. It's been a very uh, kind of a quiet week overall. This is the summer doldrums. I'm going to talk about that a bit in the mailbag section today. Going to be a relatively short episode. And to remind you again, I will not be here tomorrow, Friday the 5th, nor Monday the 8th. I will be out of town with family. Um, until then, be well over the weekend. And we will see you again on Tuesday. But for now, why don't we jump right into the daily scoreboard? Spot price of uranium down 50 cents, 47.75 a pound mid-market. Sput obviously still trading at a discount to NAV, so no new money raised, um, no shares issued. Uh, but of course, they did buy 100,000 pounds. Now, interestingly enough, after buying only 300,000 pounds for the entire month of July, they've now purchased 250,000 pounds in the first three days of the month. Interesting. I'm curious if Sput is kind of sniffing something out here. Hmm. Let's see going forward. Yesterday, the Sput discount to NAV widened to 8.33%, uh, getting pretty large here. Sitting now on 37.7 million in cash. I would be surprised if they drew that down any further. Uh, so year to date now, Sput has purchased 16.1 million pounds of uranium, and we are now in uh, month eight of the year. Turning to the equity ETFs, URA posted yet another uh, another set of inflows, 350,000 shares issued by URA that led to a mandated buying of 5.2 million in, in new buying coming from URA's share issuance. Significant inflows that we're starting to see here in the, in the ETFs. It's very, very curious to see. Um, trading action, pretty flat, pretty boring out there. Uh, stocks were very slightly up, very slightly down. Let's look really briefly at the charts here before moving on to a, a quick mailbag section. URA absolutely flat on the day. In fact, that's day two that they were absolutely flat. So three days have passed and the, and the stock is unchanged. Uh, we did trade up pretty and trade back down. Dip buying happened. Pretty indecisive candle, all things considered. Now we're having the, the 50 days starting to flatten out again. The 20 days still rising pretty significantly. I would like to see this continue to move up towards that falling 200-day moving average, but it is good to see it trade above that lower trend line within this longer-term Livermore accumulation cylinder that we've highlighted over the past few months. Volume, nothing to write home about here. Let's look at URNM relative to the spot price of uranium. This slightly up on the day. We continue to march forward. Looks like this is a pullback from the being rejected last week or I guess maybe that was a Monday, no, probably Friday of last week in terms of outperformance of the metal. The metal slightly down probably led to this being up on the day. Considering URA actually traded, URNM, excuse me, actually traded down on the day slightly. Um, I would like to see, I mentioned this yesterday, I would like to see this pullback we're currently in remain at a higher low from the pullback we saw a couple of weeks back. That's what I'd really like to see to maintain this current short-term uptrend that we find ourselves in. Cameco actually had a pretty strong day, up 1% on the day with the S&P slightly down, the XLE down significantly, almost 4% on the day, and Cameco is up almost 1%. Still, where's the volume? The volume is not there. What is this? Sellers are just exhausted, in my opinion. 
Lastly, the spot physical uranium trust trading down almost 1% with the spot price of uranium down, probably hovering right still around that 8% discount to NAV area. I'd also like to see this make a third higher low. Um, that would be a, a very, I guess that would be the second higher low with this being the lowest low of this pullback that we've seen over the past few months. So another higher low is really what we're looking for here. And of course, look at that volume. There's absolutely nothing happening here. So that's a good segue right into the mailbag section. All right, what is going on here? Uh, everybody is talking about when is the starting gun for this sector? Is it going to be the fall? You know, we often have uh, a strong season for uranium in the fall. And that obviously is not every year. That's an average that goes back, you know, 20, 30 years. If you actually track the movement of the stocks on a monthly basis or seasonal basis, uranium has a pretty strong season in the fall into the early winter typically. And that happens most years, like I said, not every year. So what's the deal? Well, this is the summertime. Summertime is very, very slow. In fact, I believe it's the third or fourth week of August is the slowest trading week of the year. It's slower than the week between Christmas and the new year. That's how slow things are in the summer. People go on vacation, they ignore the markets. That is the same situation most of the time for the fuel cycle. Now, this year is a little bit different. I retweeted something today from Harry Chris. Uh, you should follow my Twitter at Uranium Insider and you will see my retweet of his post. And he would tweeted something that came from Trade Tech. Trade Tech is a prominent nuclear fuel consultant. They generally speaking, relative to their uh, main counterpart, which would be UXC, they're both highly followed amongst the sector participants in the nuclear fuel cycle. Trade Tech typically has a bit of a more um, optimistic view, let's say, on the trajectory of the price of all of the elements of the fuel cycle. And it, uh, amongst investors in the space, seems to be a little bit more of an honest take on what we should expect going out into the future. I hope I treaded around that lightly enough. UXC also does great work. They tend to be a bit more conservative in their price forecasts. Um, Trade Tech essentially is saying that there has been 10 million pounds-ish signed this past month in off-market long-term contracts. So what is off-market versus on-market? We're actually talking about contracts that cannot necessarily be disclosed because of non-disclosure agreements. That is why the long-term contracting market is such a black box. It's very difficult to get information on uh, prices that are being paid for the term uh, contracts other than that, what is actually reported to UXC, to Trade Tech, and then they report in their weekly and monthly uh, reports, essentially. The UX weekly product comes out every Monday, and then UX uh, will put out monthly numbers uh, for free. And if you don't actually have a free account, I highly suggest that you sign up for that. It's uxc.com. You can create a free account. You can act, get access to some of their data. Now, the real granular data coming from UXC is under a pretty steep paywall. Um, this is something that most industry participates do pay for because it will give you some unique insights into what's going on uh, behind the curtain, let's say. But really what we're talking about right now is the summer doldrums. We have very low volume of trading. We have most participants in the fuel cycle essentially kind of on vacation, all right? Um, but in this particular case, we have some action in the term market that is actually happening. We heard from Grant Isaac in last week's uh, Cameco conference call, their Q2 conference call, that they have more pounds uh, for contracting under discussion with utilities than they have since Fukushima. Now, we're already looking at officially on market 71.5 million pounds signed for long-term contracts for U308 year to date. I firmly believe we're going to breach that 100 million pound per year 
uh, for the calendar year 2022. That will be the first year since uh, 2012 that we've seen 100 million pounds contracted. So um, the long-term contracting cycle is happening. Now, what's happening in the fall and why is the fall typically so seasonally strong? First of all, in week one of September, we have the WNA conference in London. Um, all the major players, uh, including utilities and companies, and anyone involved in the fuel cycle, anyone involved in the nuclear industry, anyone involved in the investment side of things, typically does attend these conferences. This is the biggie of the year, and it happens every every year in the fall. That happens in the first week of September. Now, we're going to have a very, very um, interesting and informative guest joining us in our September webinar. That will be coming next month. There'll be more details on that for our members coming up relatively soon. Uh, that will be following the WNA conference. Okay, so a lot happens at this conference, and especially right now with so much happening in the world, and especially in terms of a bifurcating nuclear fuel market, this is a big one. And we're going to have a lot decided at this conference and a lot discussed, okay? Then we have a nuclear fuel conference that happens in the following month in October. We also have utilities, even though uh, we have the U.S. utilities having their their uh, fiscal year begins October 1, ex-U.S. utilities, so utilities in, in the EU as well as the rest of the world, generally speaking, typically take that summer off. And then they'll, they'll come back to the table in the fall, even though it's not necessarily the beginning of their fiscal year. So a lot happens in the fall. And this year is, I think, going to be seasonality uh, squared. That's really what I think is going to happen this year. And the reason is because we know what is going on in the fuel cycle. We know what's happening in the conversion market. We know what's happening in the enrichment market in the West. We already know that tails assets are rising and that demand is coming to U308 and it's coming soon. Um, I'm I'm repeating that. I'm pounding the table here because I feel very, very confident that this is going to play out this year. And that is coming relatively soon. For now, enjoy your summer. Don't stick, don't be glued to the screen all day long. If you're positioned, just chill out. If you're not positioned and you're hoping to buy a lower low and buy a dip that's coming, I don't know that it's coming. Okay. So I'm not telling you to do that. Um, it's certainly possible. It definitely seems like there's a lot of fear and doubt out there around. Um, there's no way that could have been the bottom in terms of the broad market pullback. Um, we didn't have capitulation. Well, guess what? Not every uh, not every downtrend in, let's say, bear market ends in capitulation. They do not all end in capitulation. It's possible we've seen the lows. That's possible. It's also possible that this recession is just starting and it's going to get a lot worse and the Fed comes out with something hawkish in the near future. And all of a sudden we see another downdraft in the broad markets. That's also possible. I'm not calling either of the, those things. What I'm calling is what is coming for uranium. That has never been more clear to me. So for now, please enjoy your summer. Have, I hope you have a great weekend. It's not necessarily a long weekend. It's going to be a long weekend for me. I will not be back in the office until Tuesday. So I will see you then. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate all of you here. Thank you for all the comments. I look forward to being back next week. Take care. Cheers.